the word of God in Jonah, the second chapter, the first verse reads, then Jonah prayed. I could stop there. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. Amen. Jonah 2, verses 7 through 10, the word of God reads, this is part of Jonah's prayer, is what he was praying, some of it. The entire second chapter deals with the entire prayer Jonah prayed out of the fish's belly. But I'm just going to lift up these few verses from Jonah's prayer. Jonah says to God, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And your soul ever fainted in you. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thy holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto the voice, I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. God can talk to fish, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> James, the fourth chapter, verses 7 and 8. James 4, verses 7 and 8. The word of God reads, James 4, verses 7 and 8. James tells us, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How many know that's the truth of God's word? Amen. My question to you this morning, are you submitting to the mission? Are you submitting to the mission? Amen. We've already surrendered our hearts to the will of God. And we pray that God will restore and empower us for the mission. Amen? Amen. Amen. His word will not return to him void Amen. on this day. People of God, are you growing in the knowledge of the Lord? Amen. Are you progressing and maturing? Are you putting away childish thoughts and things, being strengthened in the knowledge of the Lord? Are you submitting to the word that God has been revealing to you? Amen. That's, that's, those are loaded questions. Are, are you submitting to the word God has revealed to you? Or can you just wait to post it? Amen. Before you submit to it. When, when we, we find Jonah in the text down in the belly of a great fish that was prepared by God during his state of, of rebellion. Jonah is put there and contained there by God, just in so much so that his soul fainted within him. Amen. Whenever you come to the end of yourself, that's when you will learn how to pray. Right. Whenever, sometimes for some people, things have to get so hard and turned around that to, to, to turn their hearts to God. Amen. You don't take all of that for me anymore. I don't have to, to strike my nose on the concrete in order to turn my heart to God. Been there and done that. Amen. God had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah up in his state of rebellion. 
And there Jonah is praying and submitting to his mission from God. Jonah is on a foreign mission. Jonah has been, has been sent by God to a people that he really didn't want to see God bless. I'm not going to tell you to look at anybody in here. Amen. Because I know there's some folk that's around you in your life that may not even be in church today that you don't want to see God bless. Amen. And it's in the church. Amen. Let's not be surprised when we, when, when we always say these are things that go on in the church. Because really, when we get surprised by those things, that's simply telling me that we're out of touch with the real reality of what the church really is. Because the church, just like a hospital, a hospital is where sick folk go. The churches ought, ought to be where sinners ought to feel comfortable to come. If there's something wrong with you in your spirit, if there's something going on in your life, don't stay away from the church. And if you have to stay away from that church, I want to let you know you're welcome to this one. The churches where sinners can find help. The uh, saved folk want to see sinners blessed by God, saved by God. We're not trying to preach a message to the world to condemn folk that they can never be born again. They can never be saved because that's our heart towards them. Let me just tell you, you're out of touch with the word of God if that's your heart towards sinners because God's will is that they be saved. God's will is that you tell them that he loves them, that he can save them and change them. He can restore them not to be like you. His standard is not for them to be like you. His standard is just, for them is just like you. It's to be like him. Yeah. Amen. We need to stop trying to conform people and bend people till they become more like us. We have not submitted to the call, the purpose, and the mission of God if all we want to do is bring forth a people that's just like us. Yeah. Amen. What would the church be like if everybody was just like you? Jonah is on a foreign mission, people. And he's sent by God because to a people he really don't want to see blessed. Amen. When Jonah prayed, it was then that God spoke to his circumstance. The Bible says that the fish brought Jonah up and vomited him out on dry land. Amen. Fish might have been getting nauseous, but he held him until he got to dry land. <laughs> You're in some things and you're being retained because you are not where God wants to release you yet. Once you get to where God is going to release you, ain't no devil in hell. There's nothing that's going to stop you from coming forth into the situation that God has called you into. Amen. I'm out of my rebellious state now. God, I'm ready for my assignment. I'm out of this place now where I want to run from you, hide from you, and look at other folk and, and turn up my nose. But God, I want to be used by you because I know if you can bless me, you can bless anybody. Come on, y'all gonna sleep on me this morning. As we grow and mature in our relationship with God, the plots and the plans of the enemy become more evident to us. Those things that easily tripped us up in our previous seasons are things now that we can live and spot from a mile away. They don't have the same effect or effect on us anymore. Those things don't make us mad. They don't make us cry so easily anymore. Amen. Come on, somebody. We're turning the other cheek. We're learning how to give God glory anyhow. Yeah. It don't have the same effect on me when you rubberneck me. Turn up your eyes and, and when you walk away from me, laugh at me, talk about me, tell me what I think I am and all this and that and what I'm not. It doesn't affect me the same way it used to because I learned that I'm not trying to accept your or submit to your mission. I'm not trying to meet your standard but there's a calling on my life. And I understand that if I don't do what God has called
called me to do, that I'm not doing anything at all. I'm not, I'm not progressing. I'm not doing anything worthy of glory. You've got to submit to the mission that God has set before you and stop trying to please other people and, and submit to their expectation of you. Oh, no man but to love him. I'm not going to worship you as God. I'm not going to waste my worship on trying to, to gain your approval. Come on, somebody in God's church today. I'm not trying to win your favor. God is not going to hold a vote whether or not I'm going in and you say no all you want to. God said no, but he was in Jesus. And if you get in Jesus, there ain't nobody in the church or any board or nowhere that can vote you out of heaven. They might take your office in the field. They might move you out of your seat. But I'm telling you, you still got a seat in glory. Your name is written in the book. Come on, somebody. And ain't nobody can move that name out of God's book. You've got to learn to submit and stay under the submission of the calling of God that's on your life. Maybe the, the enemy didn't understand that out of everything that we, we were going through, that it caused us to grow and become stronger in the Lord. Look at you sitting here with everything you've been through just in the last two and a half years. You've grown stronger in the Lord. And we weren't even leaping in the building. But somehow or another, God captivated your attention, got you down in the belly of something great. Until now, you never knew desire in you. There's something else that's glowing in you. I think my assignment is going to be pretty easy today because I want somebody to get in touch with what God put in you in these, in these last few months. I want you to get in touch with that and understand that God is increasing your desire for him. God is increasing your desire for his word that you will submit under the authority of the hand of God. I'm not going to walk around and be afflicted in my mind. I'm not going to walk around and be talking and crying poor mouth anymore. I'm not going to walk around like God's hand is not on me and like I'm ashamed of what God has brought me from. I'm going to give him glory. It was a shameful mess. It was a muddy mess, but I thank God that I'm over it now. Somebody ought to shout, thank you, Jesus. I'm over it now. I'm out of it now. I'm not running anymore. I'm from it. I'm running into it. I'm a stay submit. Look at somebody and say, stay under submission. The devil would have known what was going to happen to me. He never would have tested me like that. He never would have came up on me like that if he knew it was going to cause me to grow like this. It caused me to grow into something stronger, to into something like this. Yes, Lord. Drawing closer to God and closer to one another. Don't you feel a desire, a greater desire to see one another now? Yes. A, a greater desire to come together. Amen. See, we, we, we feel that now because of what we've had to go through. We want to come to church now and have more than just a good time. We want to get in the presence of God where the spirit of God is flowing and moving and not restricted by, by, by anybody that's upset with anybody else. Look at somebody and say, I'm glad to see you. Tell them, oh, it's good to see you today. It's good to see you smiling behind that mask. It's good to see you today. Amen, amen. See, we've grown closer, we've gotten stronger, we've matured, and we've put away some childish things and thoughts, and now we're on our mission. There was a blessing in every lesson. I don't know whether you know it or not, but there was a blessing in every one of your lessons. 
Now we're where we are because God kept his hand of grace on us and his heart of mercy upon us. He opened our eyes. Now I know I didn't make it here on my own. I hear a song in my spirit this morning that said, Marvin Sapp testified and said, I never would have made Marvin Sapp said, I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. When I look back over all you brought me through, I can see that you were the one I held on to. He said, I never would have made it without you. And when you look back in that song, you look back in his life, that's when his wife was sick and died because of cancer. And Marvin said, I could have lost it all. And I know that I never would have made it without you. Can anybody else declare along with Sam that Lord, what I've been through, I never would have made it. I realized I never would have made it without you, God. When the doctor gave me the bad news, I never would have made it without you. Glory to God. I understand what you're talking about. How many know that you did not get where you are all by yourself? Now that you're better and stronger than before, you realize that it wasn't all the work of the enemy, but God was using certain tests and certain trials to tutor and refine his word in you. He was teaching us how to submit, how to pray, what to trust and what to believe and when, we, and when to make our next move. He was sharpening our spirit of discernment. Amen. I never would have made it without you, God. I'm in the earth. But I'm rooted in heaven. I realize that because I never would have made it if I was not rooted in heaven. It's in him that I live and move and have my being. Is that anybody else's declaration? Jesus tells us, and I know I'm in the book, Jesus says that I am the vine and you are the branches. In other words, everything that's keeping me alive is coming from you. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You know I'm going to listen. When you wake up, go to the podcast and, and listen to what I'm talking about. Some of us think that if we paint a good enough picture, see, what we do is, is, is even in our stealthiness, in, other, in relationships with other people, and, and in our hour of, of, of loneliness, what we try to do, we think that if we can paint a good enough picture of what it would look like to be with us, somebody better hear me right now because I'm talking to somebody. If we can paint a good enough picture, they're painting a picture right now. It's because if, if it looks like what they want it to look like, what it would, would be like to be with them. Do you understand? They painted the picture so they could win you over. Causing them to, to, to causing you to want to be with them. The picture is painted, but you don't you don't find out what the real deal is until you begin to live, to try to live with that person in your life. Right. It's not until you try to live in the picture they painted that you see this was all just a setup. It was all just a scene, a trick of the enemy to get me in a certain place where you wouldn't know the difference between falling in love and failing in love. An experience that would set you up for a series of bad relationships. They painted a picture now. You were shell shocked to ever fall in love again. Can anybody hear what I'm trying to say? I'm feeling somebody, I don't care what kind of picture they try to paint, you better make sure you look at that thing real good before you go trying to live in the picture they painted, because everything that looks good ain't good, and it ain't good for you or to you. Y'all better hear me. And don't be trying to talk about, look, I know he'll submit once we get married. 
I done find a way to his stomach is them pork chops and butter No, The devil is a liar. I can, I can eat your food and not like your food. I just need somebody to cook for me. I just need somebody to sit in the house with me so I'm not by myself. Don't be trying to paint a pitiful picture trying to win me over. How many people know what it feels like to fall in love? How many folks know what it feels like to fail in love? Oops. Upside your head if you mess around and jump in a picture that was painted and constructed by the devil. And I know I'm talking to some of our young women who feel like they just got to have some kind of piece of man. All woman. The one thing that sets you women apart from us men is y'all know how to paint a picture. Y'all can paint it good. We don't know what's yours. And what belongs to that horse out there. I'm going to leave that alone. I, you got to do what you got to do. I've been thinking about getting this little piece. Whenever you're with someone who has not submitted to God from their hearts, they'll try to convince you to conform to something that's not in alignment with the word of God. That's why you got to stay in your word. Even if you're looking for a life mate, if you're looking for a soul mate, you got to stay in your word. Because somebody will convince you that we don't have to do it the way God says to do it, but we can still be blessed. The devil is a lie. You may look blessed, but I'm telling you right now, you're setting yourself up for a great fall. It's coming. You're going to be swallowed up in something, and God's going to show you because you're one of his. See, some of us waited till we got saved to get in a mess like that. And because you're one of his, wherever you go, you're bringing somebody else's life down with you. Hello. Because the calling, the, the, the oil is on your life. And you got to be careful where you go, who you hook up with. Right. Because when you're in a rebellious state, you're going to bring everything down around you. Yeah. If you get an old raggedy man and bring him into your house and he ain't doing much, ain't getting on nothing, he's going to mess the whole house up. Next thing you're going to know, you're going to be not, you can't even sleep at night. Don't feel comfortable hearing bumps in the night. You looking up out the window when you can be rested. It's because he brought that storm in there. Amen. Amen. You, 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 you're going to be mad at me, but it's all right. Amen. You must stand your ground. And you've got to declare it's not that I don't love you, baby. Because you're fine, and I like your bow legs, and, and, I, and I like your hips, your lips, and all the things that you do when you dip, baby. It's just that I don't agree with you. We're going to stay up here in the front room. We ain't going in the back. Why don't I agree? It's not just my opinion, but it's because it's not in alignment with the word of God. We stand in the front room, and when it gets dark, I'm like, I got to run home. I'm going home because, look, you're not going to get me like that anymore. Been there, done that. You can turn off the lights and light a candle. You, 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 you can take it off if you want to. I'm going. Somebody know what I'm talking about. Huh? They take everything off but the wig, the fingernails, and all the other stuff. Turn on the light to get the rest of it. Glory to God. Don't try to blind me. Why don't I agree? Believer, it's not just your opinion. 
It's because it's not in alignment with the word of God. Does that matter to anybody? And, and I've seen what happens when I'm not in alignment with the word of God. See, some of y'all ain't been through enough yet. I'm telling you, some of us that's getting older, I ain't old, I'm getting older. And ain't looking at nobody here that's old. That's some people that's getting wiser. They ain't getting older. They can tell you before you go there, listen, this is what's going to happen to you. You know, when those old grandmas in the church and those, those, those ladies in the church that see them walk up slowly to you and say, baby, you better listen to them. Because you may not like them one falls, but you better listen. Huh? You may not like them brown stockings, but you better listen. Amen. They ain't trying to make a fashion statement. They ain't trying to smell good. They're trying to keep you in the straight and now they're trying to keep you in a place to where you can be blessed. Don't look at the way I comb my hair. Don't look at the clothes that I wear. I'm trying to keep you in alignment. Been there and done that trying to save you some time. I'm going to give you a quick trip so you can avoid wasting so many years being put in the lake because you wouldn't listen. If I could turn back the hands of time, there would be a lot of things I would do a whole lot different. Y'all don't know what I'm saying. Why? Because there was a lesson. I got a blessing from every lesson. See, when you get wiser, that thing don't affect you the way that it used to. I don't care how you drop it. It don't affect me no more. Because I see right through what you're trying to do. Amen. You got, you got to live some before you get there. Aren't you glad God gave you some space to grow and go through some things and go through some things? I'm so grateful to God today that he had patience enough that he gave me some time to grow through some things, to outgrow some things that I, that I thought I needed in my life. And then I realized I really didn't need that at all. Amen. You could be blessed without it. You've grown to a place in your life now that you want so much of what God has for you that you're not going to let nothing prevent you from, 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 what, from what God has set before you. You're not going to let anything prevent you from what God told you is coming to pass in your life. The future that he's planned and set up for you. You, you. you are so connected and committed to the call of God that you're not going to let anything get in the way. That's right. If it doesn't come in alignment with where you're going, baby, you better get out of that. You better get off that train. Don't, don't let them take you under. Don't let them take you under. You, you, you're worried. You got headaches, things going on with you, and you can't explain it, and the doctor can't even tell you. Listen, the doctor can't tell you. you got to turn to God and pray, and then God will show you. God will release you from what the doctor can't even name. You know what's going on in your life. You're in a state of rebellion. You know the truth, but you won't live it. Your flesh is taking control. Mm. Don't let anything prevent you from what's coming to pass for you. The enemy has been trying to trip you up because he is aware of what God has for your life. He knows that what you're connected to, that whenever you get yours right, that it's going to bless the whole line. If you, you'll see it go through the whole line. Whenever you get yours right, there's going to be some curses broken out of the whole family. Come on, somebody. Everybody going to stop limping whenever you get yours right. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? In a world of COVID, inflation, and wars, and all manner of widespread evil acts, if we're not careful, we'll be raising the next generation with the mindset that there's no place in this kind of world for prayer, for church, or for God. 
And then we put those things on the back burner. It's like we're being forced into a mindset with other priorities, other necessities, other than the things of God. We would first rather everybody in the house have access to the internet. Come on, somebody. What's a house without the internet? And you can turn my lights off. Just somehow find a way to keep my internet on because I can ruin my thing by battery for a while until I need to be. I'll sit in the car and charge it. I'll just make sure I don't lose my internet. And look, and, and we got to make sure everybody has got the latest cell phones, the latest shoes, and, and other cultural conveniences that, that are connection with God. We put all those things before a connection with God, a real prayer life and commitment to God. Everybody in the house should know how to pray and pray. Everybody in the house ought to want to pray, know how to pray, and will pray. If you're fine, I'm going to let you lead the prayer this morning, and they know how to pray. They ain't praying for butter beans and they ain't praying for arthritis, but they understand how to talk to God. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Their world has no place or no room for prayer because of what we're doing. It's no place for the word of God. No time or place for serving the Lord in our family, in our house, and carrying out God's assignment for our family. We would rather he carry out our assignments for him. Don't allow anything bad to happen to me today. Here are my plans for the day. Bless them, God. I'm going to keep eating like this, but I'm not going to get sick today. I'm going to be where I don't need to be, but ain't nothing going to happen to me. Not going to have enough time to pray and spend time with you today, God. Just not enough time in my day to get all that in. There's nothing left for you, God. Nothing left for God. How many, how many folk can testify that the devil had you like that at one time oh, yeah. in your life? Where, where there was no time left for God. You, you were so busy trying to get blessed that you didn't have any time for God. Now you've learned and you see how backwards and upside down and contorted that kind of mindset is. Listen, you need to make room to have God in your life because I don't care what everybody else is saying about God. You know that God is a healer. You know that God will bless you. You know that God will keep you and he'll sustain you and cause you to live without something you never thought you'd ever live without. Some of us are in a state of mind and in a state of living that we never thought we'd be in in this hour. Folk has left us die, gone, and left us by ourselves, but somehow or another we're still here and we've survived it. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? The devil meant to drive you crazy with it, but God kept you. I know it's all the same. See, we know what's wanted, but the problem is, is we neglect what's needed. We're expecting a harvest, but ain't nobody planting nothing. He says, we have not because we ask not. And when we ask, we ask amiss. What is that? That, that, that means that, that we're trying to convince God that our righteous acts and our standards of faith should shield us from the consequences of our choices. We're double-minded. One day we're there and the next day we're not. We're not like Lindsey Graham or any of those. We're, we're, we're just double-minded. We're not like Ted Cruz. Am I talking about political things? We're not like any of them. But somehow we're double-minded. We're restless and confused. Saying one thing while living another. Listen, our calling and assignment today is the same as it's always been. We're called to obey God first. 
to be faithful servants of God, to carry out the true commission of the church rather than conforming to a political system to keep our church membership up and keep ourselves in favor, meeting financial goals. I, I think to many it seems that, that we've outgrown the true mission of God through the church. It's become old-fashioned to, to do what the church has really been called to do from the beginning. He can't possibly think that all that stuff is going to work in today's church, in today's world like that. In a church out here where we are, around some folk like they are. It's like we think God is out of touch and don't know what's really going on in our lives, what we're struggling with, and what they're saying about us, and, and how they've already labeled us. It's like we think God is out of touch with all that. No sense praying when they're going to do what they want to do anyway. Just leave them out there. Leave them alone. They're out of touch. They won't move. You understand what I'm saying? See, if you have the light of Christ in you anywhere, that's where you sent. You're sent to a place of darkness, a place where folk are rebellious, a place where people have idols set up. That, because, see, you're going to be light in darkness. You can't just desire to go to the, to the acceptable place. When you get the calling of God, he's not calling you always into some comfort-loving little situation where everybody's going to roll out the red copper for you, bring you money, bring you drinks and rub your head when you sweat. No, he's going to send you to a place where folk don't like you sometimes, want to see you fail. Matter of fact, they'll set you up to fail. Don't pray for you because they don't want to see you blessed. That's right. That's right. Y'all sitting here like I'm talking to somebody else. I'm talking to you. Amen. Amen. It's the truth anyhow. See, there's simply no way that we, we think, God, if we if you can't preach and teach the truth of God's word and remain politically correct. Did you hear what I said? You can't even post scripture that's true and correct and keep your same friends on Facebook. You give them a word and watch what happens. And keep giving them a word. Amen. You're not going to stay politically correct. You're not going to be favored and accepted by the world and even by the church. You tell some of these rusty dusties the real, the real truth and see how much you're favored in church when it's time for them to vote for you. Forget about the call of God. They got to vote you in. Can y'all hear what I'm saying? Listen, you're going to move mountains. You're going to upset somebody sometimes, but stay under the authority of what God spoke to you. Amen. Oh, I feel you're getting restless. It's 1201. You're supposed to be in the kitchen now. <laughs> listen to this. God says, listen, God says, draw nigh to me. Yes, and then he says, and I will draw nigh to you, I don't care if you're in the bottom of the ocean. I don't care if you're in a lion's den. You can be in a fiery furnace. I don't care where you are. Whenever you draw nigh to me, I'm going to draw nigh to you. I see my Savior on the cross crying out to his Father. He says, Father, I commend my spirit unto them. I'm telling you, the Lord, even when he was baptized, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Whenever you draw nigh to God, God will draw nigh to you. See, your movement, your reach for God, it initiates a divine response from God. Yeah. Are you awake enough to hear what I'm saying? Yeah. Whenever you make a reach on righteousness, when you reach for the things of God, when you try to get closer to God, it initiates a divine response from God. Draw nigh to me, and I'll draw nigh to you. I told you last week that God has linked his promises to our obedience. Amen. 
It's, what did I say? It was the if and then promises of the Bible. You do the ifs and what? God, he will provide the things. One comes first and the other follows after. Is that right? One is a condition that must be met. The other is the result of meeting that condition. Is that right, people of God? One is your responsibility and the other is God's. Remain, Romans 10, 9 says this. He says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth and believe in thine heart the Lord Jesus Christ and that God hath raised him from the dead, he said that you will be saved. It's the if and then. Come on, somebody. Your, your reach in the right direction initiates a divine response from God. Draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. In order to get what God has for you, you must take the route that God sets before you. You've got to learn how to submit. You've got to learn how to submit. Can I ask you, can I make you uncomfortable one more time and just look at somebody in the room anywhere, don't have to be inside beside you, and just tell them submit. I don't know what you're running from. I don't know what you're trying to cover up, but you got to submit to what you know. You know the truth of God's word, and you feel like reading the Bible is not relevant, and, it's, and it doesn't affect you. The reason why you feel that way is because you have not submitted. That's right, amen. The spiritual magnitude of Jonah's assignment was contingent on his willingness to what? Submit. To move in a spirit of obedience. God, for God, God, what, 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 what I want to do doesn't matter when I submit to God. If I'm going to get God's outcome in the situation, I've got to submit to, to God's word. Amen. If you want your enemies to be your footstool, you got to submit to God's word. Otherwise, they're not your footstool. You're theirs. Amen. And listen, our God does not force you to do anything. He shares that with us even from the beginning. You have a choice, people. But you must also know that you will face the consequences of your choice. He gives you the consequences or the outcome of either one. Choose this and live. Choose that and die. But we think that we can choose that and not die. The devil is alive. As soon as we chose that, we die. But we don't understand what death really is. Amen. Can't get into all that. It's a whole nother summer. But I, I want to hurry on because I see y'all looking away, getting sleepy, getting restless, and all kinds of stuff. But you're going to sit there this morning because you want to get in here when we're in here. You know we don't come to church and go home quick and travel. We don't, we, don't, we don't do that. Amen. That's against, that's against all the truths that we know. <laughs> Listen, as I hurry on, God's promises are conditioned upon our following his directions. Amen. Are you awake enough to accept that? Amen. Obedience is the key to unlocking and receiving the promises of God and getting the power of God released in your life. You believe that? Yeah. Your obedience or disobedience will even affect those around you. That's the truth, people. When you choose to obey God, he will bless you and those connected to you. Obedience always leads to blessing. From the very beginning, God let us know that what one person does affects us all. Amen. He let us know from the beginning that we are one people. What you do affects the whole. Is the house the way it is because of what you are doing or not doing? No, it doesn't put you in a godly place. You're either going to blame blessing or you're going to curse everything. That's right. It's going to be a storm, a mess everywhere you go. Amen. 
It's just like a baby who's messed up his diet. But everywhere he goes, he carries something with him. You may not be able to see it, but you know it's there. Trust me. Y'all will get it. Amen. See, it's going to affect everything connected to you. What you are doing, the decision you are making. When you submit to God and move in obedience to God, the enemy isn't just swinging wild at you. You better listen good now as I get ready to close this. He's not just swinging wild at you, the one who submitted. How many folk have know, know, for your, know in your heart that you have submitted to God? I mean, you, are, you have submitted. You have brought yourself under the authority of the word of God. And because you've done that, the enemy is not just swinging wild at you. He's not just throwing any and everything at you. But he is in formation. And strategically attacking you only with what he thinks will be effective in persuading you to abort the mission to come out under submission. Somebody already here. We're, we're facing strategic assaults from the enemy because he wants to put us out of commission. If he can get you out from under submission, then what he did, he knows that he got you. He has power over you. But the word of God tells us submit first. That's the first thing. It's the if and then. Submit yourself what? to God. Then resist the devil. And let me just tell you, this word is so true. This word is so profound. Because what we have done is we have studied the Lord Jesus Christ in his manifestation on the earth as God. But we forgot that his ultimate example was to come even so as a man and show us the example of what a man looks like that's fully committed, that's submitted under the authority of God. He said, I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm only doing and saying what the Father tells me to do. He said in the garden, he said, look, if it were possible, Lord, let this come pass from me. Then he said, look, I'm going to submit nevertheless. Yeah. Not my will, but thy will be done. And when a man submits to God, the devil got to get behind me. He said, I realize that I'm not really there yet. I realize that I'm, I'm on my way, but I'm not there yet. Because I would have a problem with folk that I know is going to stab me in the back. I have a problem with folk that's, there, that, that, that's trying to sabotage my mission. I'll have a problem with folk if I know beforehand you're going to betray me, forsake me, and then I got to pray for you. Come on, somebody. That you're going to be implored by the devil and speak out against my mission. But I still got to pray for you. I still got to bless you. I still got to die for you. I still got to let you kiss me. I still got to hold hands and pray with that Judas in the camp, y'all. I'm, I'm trying to get there, Kena, but I ain't quite there yet. Because if I know you're going to get me like that, I'm going to try to counteract. But listen, that's what the devil really wants you to do. Because whenever you do that, you step out of commission. He's trying to put you out of commission. Three o'clock in the morning. And ain't nobody in the room with you, but your body is there. Listen, I tell you what, I wish somebody was there. Three o'clock in the morning and you all by yourself. Candlelight burning, you done had your bath. And, and somebody has done told you that they just a phone call. The devil wants you to submit, but you got to resist that devil. And as soon as you, if you submit it and you resist that devil, guess what he's got to do? If there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing else that can happen. The word already told us that he will flee. And if the devil is everywhere you are, 
the devil's always hanging around your house and you can't get rid of him. Why? It's because you have not submitted. Jesus is the perfect example of what a man looks like when he's submitted to God. When you submit to God, the devil has no authority over you. Let them go to see the witches. They don't have no power over you. Let them say what they want to say. They can't kill you. Let them try to run your reputation and run your name down in the ground. I'm telling you, God will keep you afloat. Even when they're trying to save your whole mission, God will keep you. I'm a living witness. They'll talk about you, laugh at your little children. Walk away from me, but God will keep you. And they'll be mad at God because of the favor they see on your life. Look at somebody say, I still got favor. I'm in it. I've been through it. I don't look like it, but I got favor. I understand that when I submitted to God, God committed to me. He said, I'll make that devil go. And listen, what I'm telling you, is that the enemy wants you to stand toe-to-toe -to, -toe to him in your own spirit of self-reliance. You're independent from God. When you're independent from God, it's because you are not submitted to all the scripture you know. And Jesus answered saying to them, have faith in God. You can say it to your boo in the face, and you can rebuke the devil. The devil look right back at you and say, I rebuke you too. <laughs> Why? Because I don't know you. You haven't submitted to the authority of the word of God. There's no power in you. You're just a mouthful of words. We start spitting out scripture to the enemy and his works. But we spit those words out and they have no effect because we have not submitted to them. Submit means to come under the authority and let it reign over you. This is lording over my life. You're not just the God that blesses me. You are my Lord. You reign and you rule over me. My heart is connected to you. I can't do anything without you, God. Submit yourself. Yes, sir. Under the hand of God. Yes, sir. Resist the devil. And he will flee. Draw nigh to me. And I'll draw nigh to you. Come on, somebody. Y'all stand on your feet for a minute. I want you just to aim at anybody here. Don't get up in nobody's face because this stuff is jumping. Don't, 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 don't do it. But when he says, look, draw nigh to me, you come. Now you take a step. Yes, sir. Draw nine and then you come. Take a step. You understand what I'm saying? Back up off me, man. Oh. But you understand. God is leading you somewhere. And you initiate God is leading you somewhere that you have initiated. It's about to throw you up on dry land. God is about to cause you to walk again. Why? Because you're submitting to the word you know. Everything he's revealing to you in this hour, submit to it. I promise you, he'll keep you. He'll keep you from falling. Jesus submitted. It looked like he was losing. It looked like they got the best of him. It looked like they had him just where they wanted him. But he got up on the cross and he was talking to God and he was talking to them. He talked so much. Look, he ain't like some of us that when we sing, we sing because people can come up and say, you sure sung that, that you should sure sing. No, 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 no. What he did, he did it to the glory of God. And look, in other words, whenever you sing, pray, preach, teach, or whatever it is that God has called you to do, do it to somebody see Jesus in it. Do it to somebody come to get saved. Do it until the whole family say, you know what? We can't talk about him or her no more. We just got to go to church with him. I don't know what's on him. I don't know what they've been dealing with. But I'm telling you, I see God in them. Yeah. No natural person can live through what they've been through. 
Do y'all understand what I'm saying? Draw nigh to God. And I promise you, according to his word, and then he'll draw nigh to you. Amen. 